My name is Keith Beavers, and I don't know if you guys know this, but on the filming of Return of the Jedi, Chewbacca had to be protected from bear hunters and Bigfoot hunters. What's going on, wine lovers from the Vine Pair Podcasting Network? This is the Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the Tastings Director of Vine Pair, and I'm having a great day. How about you? We have one more. I know. We, we, we're going to go to some other places. We've got one more region to talk about. Trentino Alto Adige. Guys, if you don't know about the wines here, you got to know about the wines here because they're so cool. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Yermon. I need you to stop what you're doing and go grab a bottle of Yermon Pinot Grigio. I mean, after the podcast episode, obviously. It's one of the most pure and balanced expressions of Pinot Grigio you can get on the American market. And for the price point, forget about it. If you're a Pinot Grigio liker, (laughs) after this wine, you will be converted to a Pinot Grigio enthusiast. I swear to God. We were about to move away from the boot and go somewhere else for another block of episodes of Wine 101 Season 4. But I was like, you know what? There's one region we have to talk about. There's a place that has wines that are so good, and they're here on the American market, but they're very, they're flying under the radar. These are wines that, Sometimes when I'm asked to suggest or recommend pairings or some stuff like a chillable red or, I don't know, a soft, fruity, earthy red, I want to say things like Schiava, Lagrain, Marsemino, but people don't know this, but now you do. We're about to talk about Trentino Alto Adige and the awesome grapes that are native to this area. Let's get into it. The Adige River, it's known by different names depending on the the language of the country that it rolls through, but it starts all the way up in kind of the Switzerland-Austrian border, works its way down into northern Italy, then hits and turns like an east-west vibe, and then it kind of turns south, works its way through the northern part of Italy, and eventually out into the Adriatic Sea. That area, just in the northern part, when it gets to the east-west junk, you know, when it gets down and it turns south a little bit, that area right there in the Dolomites is a region called Trentino Alto Adige. It's a little bit confusing for people on the American, you know, on the American market when you're seeing these bottles, because this area, this region, was once part of Austria until after World War I. This is what's known as Italy's Central Alpine region. And the region is actually split north and south. On the northern part of this region is Alto Adige, or the high point of the river Adige. This is the most northerly wine-producing region in Italy. It was formerly part of this Austrian area called the Tyrol, T-Y-R-O-L. And that's why this area you'll sometimes see on documentation or wine bottles, you'll see Sud Tirol, S-U-D-T-I-R-O-L, Alto Adige, 
because it's talking about what it was and what it is. And although this is an Italian region, the culture is very Germanic. I'm sure you can understand that. So when you're looking at some of these bottles and some of these winemakers and some of the names and all the references on them, it can be a little confusing. This is an Italian region that's very Germanic and it shows up on the wine labels. And here the Adige River is joined at some point by the Isarco River, creating kind of a Y-shaped valley and that's where all the wine is grown. South of Alto Adige is the region of Trentino which is also along the Adige River. So this region, for the wine purposes, basically it just kind of carved, the Adige River carves its way through this mountain alpine, mountainous alpine region. And the mountains surrounding this area are called the Dolomites or the Dolomiti. Obviously wine in this carved out land has been being grown and made for millennia. And this is Northern Italy. This is very close to a lot of activity, human activity in history. Um, the, this area actually has a lot of international, quote unquote, international varieties like Pinot Bianco, Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, because it's proximity to Austria. And in the 19th century, the, the Habsburg empire brought vines down to this area until, you know, then it was annexed, but the vines are still there. So I'm not really sure why. And I'm, I think because of the pop, just the population and, and the industry up there, this region is known well in modern history, mostly for cooperative wines. The wine situation here was often quantity over quality. That's not saying quality wasn't being made, but that for a long time in a lot of places in Europe were like that. And these varieties, these international varieties became popular because of the sheer amount of them being distributed throughout the area. But there are native grape varieties here in this land that are from here and it's, they're wonderful. So I'm going to talk about those. I'm going to, We'll talk quickly about some of the international stuff because there's some great sparkling wine being made here. But I want to talk to you about the native varieties because they're here on the American market. They're awesome, and you deserve to get into them. The thing about Trentino Alto Adige is its appellation systems, 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 because there's two kind of places. They kind of historically in the modern era supported the whole cooperative quantity thing. There are specific DOCs that focus on certain varieties, but it's only in the past, I don't know how many years, but it's only in the modern, modern era that they're really starting to a, a, a attach terroir to certain varieties within DOCs. So I want to talk to you about the varieties and the wine made from these varieties. Because here on the American market, it's more important to understand right now with Trentino Trent, Tino Alto Adige is these awesome wines. The DOCs that they, they live in are awesome and they're not changing, but they're kind of focusing a little bit more on them. So wherever you 
are, when you go out to find these wines, all you have to say is, do you have any Marzemino? Do you have any Schiava? They're gonna, the wine merchant is going to know exactly what you're talking about because these wines are only here. Okay, let's have some fun. But one thing I have to say before that is Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio, Pinot Bianco, Muller Turgau make awesome wines in this region. Also, Merlot, Pinot Noir. There's some great Cabernet Sauvignon being made here. There's also these two sort of like German-Austrian varieties, Sylvaner and Kerner, which make wonderful wines here. But they're not native to here. And that's cool. But there is a grape that's related to Syrah, actually, that is native here. It's called Teroldigo. T-E-R-O-L-D-E-G-O. And it has its own DOC in Trentino. It's called Teroldigo Rotaliano DOC, which is the Rotaliano's name of a valley. These wines are spectacular. They are medium to full bodied. They have plush fruit, kind of like very Syrah, like a whisper of Syrah herbaceousness. They are absolutely beautiful mountain wines and they are here on the American market and they go great with all kinds of food. Guys, these wines are so good. So Teroldigo is at one point crossed with a now extinct variety. And the result of that union produced two other native varieties to this area. A grape called, well, we'll start with this one, a grape called Marzemino. M-A-R-Z-E-M-I-N-O, Marzemino. And the thing about Marzemino is it doesn't really have a DOC. See, Trentino has one of those big sort of all-encompassing DOCs that covers the entire region. And then that has four like historic subzones. And it's in these subzones that you find Marzemino. There's these two. One is called Isera and one is called Ziresi. And these areas, Marzemino thrives. These two subzones I don't think you'll see on on wine labels or they're going to be very small if you don't if you if they are on there but what's important is just get the Marzimino <laughs> this wine is so good if you like the soft plushness idea of Teroldigo Rotaliano or just Teroldigo Marzimino has a viscosity to it so it's soft plush and viscous and has good acidity and has a slight bitterness to it and man when you chill this wine down it is delicious another offspring of this union is a red wine grape called Schiava, S-C-H-I-V-A. This might be one of the best chillable red wines on the planet. There are a lot of great red wines out there that you can chill, Pinot Noir and such, but this wine is perfect for chilling, and it just doesn't get enough love. Schiava is pale red in color. It has this slight pop of viscosity with amazing acidity. It is very fruit forward and extremely refreshing. I mean, at cellar temperature, it's awesome, but with a little bit of chill on it, just forget about it. It's absolutely, it's awesome. And all these varieties are kind of like related to each other. So they have these kind of similar characteristics, but they, the proportions of, of, of weight and acidity and tannin kind of just move around. 
And the Schiava, in Trentino, there are two DOCs that do the Schiava. It's Castellar and Lago di Caldadas. But the thing about those DCs, they're there, the DOCs, just the, the, the grape itself is what's important. And actually, in, in Alto Adige, they do a lot of Schiava as well. And last but not least, with these red wine grapes, these native red wine grapes, is Lagrain. L-A-G-R-E-I-A-N. Lagrain. And this is also related to all these varieties, the Tyrol de Go, you know, breakdown. It's called the Tyrol de Go breakdown. This is their more full-bodied style. So Lagrain can be chilled too. It does a really good job, but it has a depth to it. It has a tannin structure sometimes, and it really is more of a food wine. I mean, they're all food wines, but like this one has a little more heft to it as a as sort of a mountain wine. Dark deep color, depth of fruit, but good acidity, because these are all mountain fruit wines, and this is very high elevation. And the cool thing about Alto Adige is it's actually protected by the Alps from anything, any crazy weather over there. So it actually, what's really interesting about this area is that it's the mountains and it gets cold, but because of that protection, as the air warms up in the summer, it rises up through the elevation in the fall and the winter, kind of moderating the varieties. So it doesn't always have to have some early ripening varieties in these areas. But these native grapes have been here. I mean, the first Lagrain um, document, I think, is the like the 16th century. So these wines have been around for quite some time. And one of the newer developments of this area in Trentino, actually in Trentino, the, 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 the capital of Trentino is a town called Trento. And... Because this is a mountain, this is like I say it again, mountain fruit, right? What's good about high acid wines? Sparkling wine. So there is some great sparkling wine being made here from Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And the the thing is, recently, I think in the last, I don't know, was it 15 years, they created a DOC specifically in Trentino for sparkling wine. It's called Trento Doc. It's a little bit different. It's Trento DOC, but it's pronounced Trento Doc, like it's just one word. And it is solely for the purpose of sparkling wines. And the wines that are made here are absolutely on the refreshing side. They have depth, they have complexity, they age. But because of that high elevation and the acidity in these base wines after the fermentation, like these are just extremely refreshing wines. So when you're out there on the market and you look for Trentino Alto Adige, you ask the question, you're going to see a lot of international varieties. You're going to see Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio, Sauvignon Blanc. You're going to see a lot of that. But you're also going to see these native varieties. Oh, I, you know, I forgot to say there is one other native white wine grape that makes extremely wonderful, refreshing wine. It's called Nociola. N-O-S-I-O-L-A. Great wine. They don't have a lot of it here on the American market, but if you find it, it's extremely refreshing. It's like a really good Pinot Grigio. It's, it's awesome. But if you find Marzemino, Lagrain, Schiava, Teroldigo, just grab it. The thing about the DOC's system in these places, I'll give you an example, Teroldigo Rotaliano DOC is not often adhered to. There is an IGT here, and they call it Vignetti delle Dolomiti. So just the vines of the Dolomites. You might see that more on the American market than you would see 
the DOCs. They're they're around, but you can kind of and if you see an IGT like that, you know the winemaker is kind of experimenting, exploring, and doing different things. So it's kind of a cool way to show you know new winemakers coming in and just trying different things with the varieties that are that are there. But anyway, go out there, grab these wines, chill them down. I mean, we're talking like lamb and burgers and just like all kinds of food. There's even like the schiava, chilled schiava can even go with seafood. It's just, it's awesome. So go out there and grab those wines, take shots, show them to me at Vine Pear Keith. I want to see them. Trentino Alto Adige. Okay, now we're done with Italy for season four. Vine Pear Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pear headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pear. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pear, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pear staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. Ian J. Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pairs Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide spectrum of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wine. Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but this is a wine podcast. Whether you are new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. Visit thebarrelroom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.